This week on the 4 and 4 Live, we'll be discussing the partially controversial topic of direct approach cold outreach. But specifically, we'll be looking at the positive sides to it if it's done correctly. I'll be speaking with Larry Koch, who is an expert in direct approach cold outreach using bots and cold email. Uh, but interestingly, without annoying people. Larry is an expert in doing things properly when it comes to cold approach outreach, which is why apparently he's also cracked the code in doing this successfully on LinkedIn. Watching with an open mind is highly recommended because all told, what you learn today could end up giving you quite an edge. Hi, I'm James Rostance and welcome to the 414 Live here on LinkedIn Live. If this is the first time you've joined us, welcome along. Uh, the 414 is produced exclusively for you as a professional B2B marketer, whether you're in-house at a company or agency side doing cool agency stuff. Uh, whichever you fall into, uh, the show is for you and our promise is for you to be able to expand and enhance your body of professional knowledge each and every week. And the way that we do that is by interviewing some of the greatest and most interesting minds in B2B marketing for them to share their insights and wisdom with you uh, on the latest in a wide, wide range of topics and subjects. And today is very much uh, no exception because today we're talking about B2B direct approach cold outreach. And to explain the concept in full, as well as what can be achieved if it's done correctly, uh, please welcome, joining me live from Shoreditch in London, Mr. Larry Koch. Hi, James. Great to Good be on the show. Thanks for having me. Good morning, sir. We got there eventually. Apologies to the uh, listeners and viewers, uh, because we are a little bit late in starting this. And you did see, perhaps, a two-minute um, false start, where <laughs> actually the software crashed, uh, but we're back up and running now and a thorough investigation will resume after the show is done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded very official, didn't it? <laughs> right. So, Larry, um, could we start, actually, by... Uh, could you give us your official uh, outlook on what constitutes uh, direct approach cold outreach? Let's start with that. Yeah, quickly. yeah, makes, makes complete sense. So, I think the concept that's easiest to kind of segue into this is cold calling. I think everyone knows what cold calling is, um, you know, you pick up the phone to businesses that don't know anything about you and you're kind of prospecting to see whether they are interested in your solutions, your services and products. So cold approach is very much an extension of that. It typically involves written communication. So uh, of course it can be in person and telesales does fall under the um, umbrella. But what I'm referring to is specifically getting into someone's inbox. So whether it's cold email, whether it's a social media inbox, like Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn and even, this is a way that you can message thousands of people every single month typically, and you're looking for a small percentage in the order of one to 4% that are interested in that particular time in the services or products that you uh, as a B2B company offer. And so you're going out to all these B2B contacts, these people who could be your ideal clients and checking whether they're up for talking or discussing your solutions. So that's, that, that's, that, that's basically the approach. You do it month in, month out, and it can generate you know, tens to hundreds of leads, depending on how big your audience is, depending on how many different channels you're going out to people. So it can be very transformative, especially for a lot of um, SMEs um, and businesses 
that are looking for leads, you know, uh, in, yeah. in very short, short succession, basically. Okay, so why does direct approach cold outreach uh, generally have such a bad name? Yes, now this is, um, this is an interesting question and it has to be addressed. And I think the problem with cold, approach, cold approaches in general is if they're done wrong, it ticks people off. And it's like that in, in, I guess, many walks of life, but none more so in this. I think there is a, a, a bit of a generational divide as well, so that you find that younger people who have been communicating since they were you know, toddlers on social media or other devices are used to kind of ignoring people if they don't want to speak to them and don't really let it get in the way of their, their day. But a lot of people still, uh, especially the kind of people that you probably want to be talking to, senior executives, you know, founders of companies, um, and this sort of thing, they will be um, wanting to keep their inbox only to the, the the stuff that interests them. And if you come with an untargeted message, message that is completely missed the mark, it's not at all what they do. You're contacting them about something that they would never have any reasonable, uh, you know, chance of even wanting. That pisses people off. And so a lot, a small percentage, <laughs> basically, a small percentage of the of the of the people doing this out there are causing the bad names and we've all heard scare stories you can just look in your personal email inbox as well and you're going to see that littered with approaches for all sorts of things whether it's your flights to thailand or it's um you know some some pretty out there you know bitcoin investment or something all of these things clog up people's inboxes we're we're, we're all aware that we're getting a lot of communication that we don't want by people trying to sell us stuff and i think this has kind of confused what B2B cold outreach is. And when it's done properly, when you're going out to a company that uh, has a real need for that service potentially, they the worst that you're gonna get is, it's not for me right now, so I'm just gonna ignore the message. The problem is when you are doing it in an untargeted, unspecific way, then people start putting you into that other category and it kind of triggers them to think, oh, it's part of this whole other group of stuff, which is very, very annoying and sometimes even offensive. So. It's very clear that if you're going to do this properly, you have to do it ethically. And if you're not, you're going to get a bad rap and you're going to be labeled as the, uh, the bad guys, you know? Absolutely. Okay, so in terms of delivering a good uh, B2B direct cold approach outreach strategy, uh, yeah. what, uh, are, what are automation bots able to do right. uh, so, to deliver that? Yeah, yeah. So this is a very interesting new area i mean when i say new the automation bots have been around for a long time including on linkedin and and instagram and twitter but i think people understand cold email most b2b marketers will have some understanding they've ever even used cold email before in some campaigns but some people don't realize that you can do the same thing with automated tools in social media so that's what an automated bot is it basically takes control it assumes control of your personal social media account. And then, you know, basically imagine that you had a mouse on LinkedIn or on Instagram that was automatic, like a robotic mouse that was just clicking and connecting with and messaging the people that you that you were interested in uh, talking to. So that that's basically what it is. It's a bit of software that automates your activity and your messaging on, on social media. Yeah. Isn't that going to get you kicked off LinkedIn though? Almost because so this is straight away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is exactly why, uh, in the same way that there's a negative perception that if you do the wrong things, you'll you'll be put in that category. There is some sort of speed limits 
that LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter have when using these bots. So they, first of all, it's against their terms of service to use any of these things. So I have to be very clear about that, um, that they don't want you using these, these bots. Uh, having said that, the companies that create the bots are very large. They, some of them employ uh, hundreds of people. They are very visible on the internet. If you search for, uh, you know, Instagram bot or Twitter bot or LinkedIn bot, you will see tens of providers, uh, you know, basically offering offering this with exactly how they work, what they're doing on LinkedIn. They're available in the Chrome stores. It's a very well known thing that LinkedIn knows is going on. Mm -hmm. I guess you have to be kind of be sensible about it. So LinkedIn is okay with you, or at least isn't going to to, to cause any issues with you if you're doing things in a sort of human way. So you're not messaging a million people a day, which no human could ever do, but you're messaging 50 people a day, which a human could do. And you're doing it spaced out. Um, and as long as you're not getting marked as spam in LinkedIn or you're getting people frustrated with you and reporting your profile because again, you're untargeted, um, as long as you do things properly, it's it's uh i've never seen an issue on on uh on social media side i've never been uh received so much as a warning on it um so it's it, that, that that's the thing like you need to do your research before you use these bots if you're going to go down the route um my personal feeling is that linkedin has understood they haven't quite made up but i think they've made up their mind on whether they should allow these bots or not because basically the bots cost um the the bots cost a little, a little bit of, uh, amount of money, but you end up having to use Sales Navigator for something like LinkedIn, or you know, premium. Uh, you have to get a premium account, so this provides revenue to LinkedIn. And so, as long as you're sending a, a moderate amount of messages and you're still paying your dues to LinkedIn, you know, do they want people to pay them, or do they, or do they want people to uh, say, you know what, I don't have enough time to sit on Sales Navigator and message people all day, so I'm not even going to bother with that. I'm going to just do cold emailing and then miss out on on that revenue. And there's thousands of B2B marketers out there using these bots. So it probably does represent a chunk of their of their sales navigator um, revenue. Mm. But um, the, I think so. I think the view they take is like we're sort of tolerating it, but stay within these limits. And they're quite open about what those limits are. Um, they're they're pretty they're pretty open about how many messages you can send, how many connection requests you should be sending per day, per week, per month. Um, they're pretty clear with that, and so as long as you stay within that, they're sort of more—they're more or less happy to just tolerate it. Good. So yeah. So to recap, then you're saying that so long as you don't take the mic. Uh, and congratulations, yes. congratulations, by the way, for being the first person to swear on the 414 Live. Um, oh, really? Oh, I didn't even notice. That's probably said something that. about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I was careful then to not, not follow on from that and say, right. Uh, so, yeah, so, so to not, not taking the mic is really the key for using automation to assist with your campaign. That was the, the, the takeaway I'm, I'm getting from this right now. Absol absolutely, all right, absolutely. All right. Well, in that case, what does a successful cold approach campaign look like and what does it entail? Yeah, so there's, there's different components. So the one is the targeting. So you have to have your targeting completely right. Um, every business that's different. So you want to speak to founders who live in, uh, you know, who work in London with companies of X size. Whatever your targeting is on LinkedIn or for your emails, um, that's that's how you want to generate your email list or your prospect list on on uh, LinkedIn. You then need to build your uh, your message that you're going to send to these people. Now, 
I think a lot of people overhack this. So on the email side, you want to keep it to under 10 lines. On the on the LinkedIn side, you want to keep it literally under three lines. So LinkedIn or Instagram is a social media platform. You can't be formatting big emails like like messages with you know a sort of my fair lady approach uh, to, <laughs> to sort of letter writing. You know, it has to be very, it has to be like it has to be very social. Like, are you interested in this question mark? No sign off. Maybe even a punctuation error here or there. That looks much more human. On email, you can be very formal. You, you know, say, look, I, we've not met before. I'm reaching out to you because I've worked with similar companies and we've been doing X, Y, and Z. And I thought you'd be you, this could be an interesting point of conversation for us. The key also is to then have follow-ups. So once you've got the targeting right, you've got the messaging right, you have to have the soft, needless to say, you have to have the right software that is going to send the messages at the correct intervals so you don't fall foul of either Gmail if you're sending the, the, the emails or with LinkedIn if you're sending or, or Instagram so you don't fall foul of the, what they want. But providing you've got that all correct, you've got the targeting, the, soft, the correct software that's keeping all of that in mind for you automatically and the right message, you then need follow-ups. And so these automated follow-ups, my trick with these automated follow-ups is to make the follow-up um, something humanizing. So in email, you would say, your second follow-up might be something along the lines of, I just tried to call your office, but they said you were in a meeting. Now you haven't done this, but it gives the person the impression that it is you as a person who's really intent on speaking to them and not just part of a, of a, of a broad campaign. Um, so you can do a similar thing on, on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter as well. You just need to follow up. People are very busy. They might have taken initial interest, but they're not going to come back to They'll come back to it maybe in a month, maybe they're on holiday. So you do want at least three or four polite follow-ups. These follow-ups cannot just be more information, you know, just re-pitching in a different way. They have to be very polite. Did you see my last email? I'm around your area next week, actually. So we could grab a coffee to discuss if that's more convenient. It's those kind of follow-ups. And as long as you keep drawing someone's memory, you'd be very surprised how many conversions or how many leads come at email three, four, five, six. Um, as long as you've got clear opt-outs, if the person doesn't isn't interested, there's a button they can click to opt out straight away. Then, um, then you're covered. You're covered there. Otherwise, they're either just not interested right now, um, or and you'll and you'll get to them later, or they will just opt out of the of the of the emails. What I've got from that there, then, it, it sounds yeah. like the closer you are to an authentic interaction and writing as you would a single person, uh, yeah. the more effective the campaign will be because. Yes you're then using automation to amplify uh, that genuine conversation. Is, is that pretty much on the, on the point for... That's, that's correct. That, that's broadly correct. I guess the, 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 the eternal problem is how do you automate at scale something which you wish to appear personalized? Yeah. And that's always been the issue of cold, um, cold approach uh, or automated outreach. And so there's tricks that you can learn over the years that allow you to not only automate and send emails en masse while still appearing deeply personalized. And so um, that's the balance you wanna, you, want, you wanna strive for. So if that means you start targeting by job titles, you say, hey, I work with senior directors or I work with HR managers or I work with you know, founders of, te of technology startups only and I came across you, that sounds researched. Whereas if you just say, right, I, I, can, I can theoretically sell my services to any CEO or founder, uh, I'm just going to blanket 
get a list, get an email list of every single founder in, in the UK and just email them, hey, are you interested in you know marketing services or something? It's a lot less, it's a, it's a lot more, it's a lot less tailored. They can tell it's automated, uh, or at least they can immediately tell it's automated. What you want is to pass the Turing test. You want to be uh, personalized enough that by the time the second reminder comes in, the second email comes in saying, you know, I tried to call or I'm in your, I'm near your office next week, something that sounds real, that they're now starting to question whether or not you are actually a real person who's writing these emails. So you want, you want to definitely try and push yourself more to that side than, than appear just a mail blast. Um, so, so yeah, so I think, I hope that that answers your question. Is, uh, it does, yes. Uh, so one, a final one then is, what would your advice be to marketers who are interested in, in taking this further with regards to automation? What should be their yeah. first steps? So I think they need, to, they need to work out what the correct speed limits are for the different things they're trying to do. So for example, if you're sending emails, uh, my advice is to, is to use software that works on top of Gmail um, or Outlook. And if you're going to use something like a LinkedIn automation bot, uh, that you use one of the really reputable ones. And so th you, they should give you comfort that they understand the software, that they understand deeply how how frequent the messages should be, because there's algorithms, whether it's Gmail or, or LinkedIn or Instagram, that actually can detect if you're sending everything once every 10 seconds, like clockwork, that's the work of the machine. If you're doing some, if, if you're spending, if you're sending somebody an email and then a minute, 30 seconds later, you send them a second email, then two minutes, 40, a third email, then 30 seconds later, a third email. This looks a lot more like a, a normal human behavior. And so you need to think in your head first, what does normal human behavior look like? And does the software I'm using actually demonstrate to me that they understand that they need to abide by the same uh, principles they need to get around they need they need to demonstrate that they that they know everything about the platforms um, once you've done that you need to um, work out your your targeting very very well and your your specific offering for them so uh, the software is one thing the messaging is another um, I think if, if people want any additional info on this stuff as you know I've got a YouTube channel where I, I discuss all these things at length uh, if people want to really go down the rabbit hole I've got some stuff there they can look at. But um, other than that, I think definitely do your homework on the software before, because that's where people people trip up. The messaging you can tinker with, the targeting you can you can you can you probably already know very well if you're an established company, but you can hone as things go. Um, the software is really where <laughs> you know you, you you can slip up if you pick the wrong the wrong stuff. Like definitely don't just turn up to Mailchimp and load in. 100,000 emails you, you bought off a list broker, um, you, that, whatever domain you're sending from those, it's going to be completely, dead. completely uh, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. We need to uh, wrap it uh, right here, but I, I think that's as good a point as any um, um, yeah. to finish on. Uh, definite death and uh, blacklisting if you approach it badly and try and spam the heck out of people. Uh, but equally, if you approach it sensibly, is the, is the main thing that I got from this, uh, yeah. and as you would a real person, then by adding just a bit of automation, that is how you get uh, yeah. results for it to work long term, right? Exactly. You want to automate the boring stuff. You don't want to blast everyone, you know, like a like a machine. You want to replicate yourself as a human. Yeah. 
Harvey. Larry Koch, uh, live from Shoreditch in, it's in East London, isn't it? Yes. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go, geography. Yes. Uh, Larry from live from, oh Christ. <laughs> Larry live from Shoreditch, thank you so, mu uh, so much for joining us this morning. No worries. Thank you very much, James. Pleasure. Take so, care, mate. Bye. Thank you. If you've enjoyed watching, uh, then please do subscribe to the 414 podcast on your favorite podcasting app, or indeed head over to our YouTube channel where all previous episodes are over there and their subtitles as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, so yes, join our 414 YouTube page or subscribe to the 414 podcast. My name's James Rostance. Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you here same time next week.